0: Shalom Havarim means hello, my friends. Welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast, where we help Christians make sense of their roots so they can help the Jewish people make sense of Jesus. Now, my name is Matt, and I'm here with my Abba, Daddy, Ron. Say Hey. hey. Shalom, shalom. Hi, everybody. Hey, we are here, and we are excited to share. We are in the middle of the... Fall Feasts of Israel, and last time we talked about Yom Teruah, also known as... Feast of Trumpets. Also known as... The Day
1: of the Remembrance of the Blowing of Trumpets. And also known
0: as... Oh, oh,
1: Rosh Hashanah.
0: Rosh Hashanah. Look in your Jewish calendar, all of your Jewish friends, even on the local news stations, they'll say, and to our Jewish friends, we want to wish you a warm and
1: happy Rosh Hashanah. Which means nobody knows what the feast is about. <laughs>
0: That's right. Now, before we really get into it, can I, I? I have. I just love Rosh Hashanah jokes. So, can I? Can I share a good <laughs> oh one with gosh. you? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Okay. Now, all my Christian friends, I'm sure none of you have ever heard these before because you probably don't hear a lot of wonderful Jewish jokes. So here we go. You ready? Yeah. This yeah. is along the theme of Rosh Hashanah. Now, Joseph, he's a deeply religious man, and he went to the temple one Sabbath. But he forgot something. He forgot his prayer shawl, his talit. Oyve. Oyve. Yeah, you never want to go to temple and forget your talit yeah. or your yarmulke, by the yeah. way. Yeah. So, he borrowed one from the rack at the temple, right, where they keep all the extra ones. Well, at the end of the service, he realized that he really liked this talit so much so that he actually decided to stuff it down the front of his trousers and take it home. Oh, no, I can <laughs> Well, you know what happens. After the service, he's walking through the reception line, and Rabbi Lionel right. stops him and he whispers Joseph, I am sorry, but I saw you stuff a tallit down your pants. Why would you do this? Oi. Oi. Right? I mean, nobody wants their rabbi. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) wants their rabbi to catch them stuffing the talit, the prayer shawl, down their pants. Well, Joseph, he's totally embarrassed and he's ashamed and he explains the situation, whereupon the rabbi suggested that he remove it from his trousers and give it back. By now, the prayer shawl had managed to slide halfway down his leg. Oh, no. (laughs) While Joseph was bent over and pulling it out of the pant leg, he accidentally lets out some gas. <laughs>
1: oh no. <laughs> I <Like> got <the> vault. <laughs> I like
0: Rabbi Lionel, exasperated, said, Joseph, you took the shofar too? <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's so good. Oh. Even <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even if we're the only two that enjoyed that? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a return to the Catskills. <laughs> what, what are the Catskills? The Catskills. Nobody uh, knows the Catskills. Mountain, mountains up in upstate New York. The greatest comedians, Jewish comedians, came from there. Name one. Uh, Maury Amsterdam. Oh, uh, boy. Buddy Hackett. Uh, Red Skelton. Shelley Berman.
0: Okay, the Catskills. The Catskills. All right. Not many people go to the Catskills anymore. Uh, well, too we're, bad. Yeah, I know. Well, good Jewish jokes, good Jewish humor. Got to keep those coming, keep it light, because the shofar too.
1: Okay, we got to get serious here. <laughs>
0: no, all right, but I bet you, I bet you, sometime when it's actually Rosh Hashanah, because we're recording this just a little bit before, you're gonna say that one, aren't you? Oh God, I'm gonna steal it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you? <laughs> how many of our friends here in Kentucky you think are actually gonna get that one though? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> All right, let's center ourselves. Maybe Noah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe Noah. No, probably nobody. Nobody. All right, where we left off. uh, We talked about uh, the the biblical history of Yom Teru, the Feast of Trumpets. We looked at uh, Exodus, and we looked at uh, the people coming up to Sinai (laughs) as Moses is on top, and he's receiving the covenant, this marriage that's taking place. And we also uh, dug into Nehemiah chapter 8, which was also this feast of the memorial or the remembering of the trumpets. And we started to do something there. And what we're really trying to do in this episode is point forward. Mm -hmm. Feast of Trumpets... Points forward. We're, we're moving out of the first act as our basis, and now we're moving towards the second act.
1: And, and we're moving forward because all of these feasts that we celebrate in the fall are still prophetic. All of the feasts that were given to Israel in the beginning were all prophetic, but four of them have now been historically fulfilled with the first coming of the Messiah and the coming of the Spirit of God, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And we talked a little bit about that summertime in verse 22, And on the other end of it are the prophetic feasts, and the first one is the Feast of Trumpets, and we talked about some of the Jewish background to that uh, last time, so you have an idea of what our Jewish people are thinking and doing as they celebrate uh, this time of year. But that four-month harvest season is coming to a close, the long summer harvest uh, that takes place after Pentecost, and we're at the... the threshold of that next feast so
0: and, and so then and really for for our jewish people I mean, that's that's essentially where that that holiday begins and ends essentially um i mean the jewish people today they are waiting for the messiah to come but any correlation between the messiah coming and the blowing of a shofar uh i, I think is lost is not there yeah
1: yeah um and it, it, it has such a great uh, foundation here. If, if you were Jewish and in Israel uh, during the first century, uh, your crops would be planted in the spring and they would be gathered in the fall. And we should be thinking in terms of a great harvest that's being brought in at the end of the age. And so that is what is, we're looking forward to uh, as this period that we're living in right now, verse twenty-two ends, and we look at verse twenty-three, the Feast of Trumpets. But everything, now, yeah. What were you gonna say? Yeah, every everything we've said so far, I think has has been historically fulfilled, and what is coming is prophetic.
0: Okay, so let's go to Act Two, the New Testament, the New Covenant. Yeah. And if you're reading some of these passages, I mean, even just from the context we have. Um, we okay, we get it. there's there's trumpets or there's shofars in in the Old Testament. A- and then all of a sudden if you don't have that context of Act one and you're just reading um, and and this is this is true for many in the church, you, you're reading and there's certain passages we're gonna hit right now. all of a sudden this word trumpet shows up and it seems like it's out of nowhere. I mean if you actually hear a trumpet, uh, if you were woken up by a trumpet, you, in fact, even in the military, right, they have the little wake-up call. Yeah, the bugle, the bugle call, right? Yeah. It's it's a wake-up. You yeah. pay attention; something's about to happen. Nobody nobody listens to the trumpet as they go to sleep, and right. so it's it is a call to action. It's a wake-up. Um, but where does the shofar show up in Act Two?
1: The shofar shows up actually in First Thessalonians. Uh, we can we can refer to that First uh, Thessalonians chapter four. But before we even get to that, let me let me share with you just a little bit out of John's Gospel. Uh, chapter 14, where Yeshua, Jesus, is speaking to his disciples, and he says to them, "'Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you might be also.'" Okay, so he is telling them he is going to be leaving, he is going to go, he's going to prepare a place for them, and he's going to come back and receive them to himself, okay? But
0: there's there's no trumpets in that passage.
1: There's no trumpets in that, but it's just the idea that the Lord has come, and he is leaving, and he's promising to come back. Now, the coming back, the return of the Messiah, it gets confused sometimes with the second coming of Yeshua, of Jesus, and what we refer to as the rapture. That's actually taken from a Latin term. It, it actually, in the Scripture, is the catching away of those who belong to the Lord. And so we find Paul talking to the believers in Thessalonica, and they're a little worried that uh, they might have missed the Lord coming for them, uh, and he has to straighten them out a little. Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve, as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Yeshua died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus, in Yeshua." So he's saying they're worried about their relatives, their loved ones who have died and may have missed this whole thing. He says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. And here it is in verse 16. Can I read it? Go ahead, read it. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a
0: shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Messiah will rise first. Then we who are alive who remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words.
1: Right. And so Paul is giving to these believers in Thessalonica who are worried that uh, maybe they have missed this whole thing that their loved ones who have passed away have missed it and he he gives them he gives them a word of hope saying that you're not going to precede them the dead in Messiah are going to rise first and will meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord now in John 14 that we read initially The Lord said that he was leaving and that he would come back. Well, where is he? He, when he left, is in heaven. That's where he is right now, and he is going to come back and take those of this age from Shavuot, from Pentecost, all the way up to today, who are believers, and they will meet him in the air. They'll be caught up to meet him in the clouds. Tie um, that
0: back to go back to Exodus. With
1: that. Yeah, he he is he is not going to come completely back to the earth at this point, but the, the believers will meet the Lord in the air in the clouds. You remember in Exodus nineteen that Israel was supposed to, at the sound of the trumpet, go up the mountain. This is Exodus and, nineteen. Exodus right. nineteen, and meet the Lord in the clouds. And so we have we have in Exodus a meeting that was supposed to take place of the children of Israel with the Lord in the clouds, and here we have a meeting that Paul says God is scheduling where those who have believed and put their trust in the Lord are going to meet him in the clouds.
0: Now, there's there's a, a connection here, and I we, when we were talking about this before, you said that it would be when the trumpet sounds that then—I'm in, in Exodus 19—that the Israelites would then ascend, and they would go up to the mountain. And I'm going back to like flannel graphs and growing up with this story, and I'm like, no, no, they never went up there. They, they yeah. stayed down at the bottom.
1: Moses was up there. Yeah. Moses
0: went up and down a couple times, but I don't ever remember the people going
1: up. Yeah, they didn't go because when they heard the thunder and the loud trumpets and all— they were supposed to go up after the third day, but they didn't go because they were scared. They were frightened to go up. And maybe I can
0: even just make a connection. Maybe I'm going too far with this, but my, my thought is that what took place there on Sinai was a marriage. It was the covenant. And in in Jewish weddings, we have a ketubah. It's the marriage contract. And essentially, the commandments, that the decalogue, the Ten Commandments that God gives His people, is this is what our marriage covenant is going to look like. It's interesting, though, that the people never make it up the mountain, but when we're called up and we meet Him in the clouds, there is another marriage that's coming.
1: Right. And he is coming back for His bride, and, and we, we don't need Moses as our great
0: representative, as our high priest. No. We have a new one, we and have. we have, and with that, with Jesus, our Messiah, we have a new high priest. But we actually have access, and yeah. that is a marriage feast to come.
1: And those who belong to him, uh, nobody is going to snatch them out of his hand. He promised that, and he will come back and he will deliver those before that day of the Great Tribulation, I believe. And so he says, comfort one another with these words. That would be a comfort. It wouldn't be much of a comfort if uh, if you were looking forward to uh, just the bride getting beaten up in in the tribulation period, the most horrible time that is ever going. It's the wrath of God that is going to be poured out on the earth, and that is the hour that the Lord says he keeps his, his bride from. There's another text in First Corinthians 15, uh, beginning verse 51, where Paul tells the Corinthians, "Behold, I tell you a mystery: We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed." That, that by the way, that's not a little sign that goes over the nursery in the church. <laughs> he oh says, boy. "We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound." And the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. So he's basically giving them the same information that he gave those in Thessalonica. Um, you know, I I believe that there is a connection between the trumpet of the rapture and the trumpet of the feast of trumpets. Uh, the rapture is the event that fulfills the feast of trumpets. That is what we're looking forward to when the trumpet of God sounds, uh, and that is imminent. It has always been imminent. There is nothing that needs to be fulfilled before that happens. And then all believers of this age will be gathered to the Lord, the dead first, and then we who are alive and remain.
0: We are not the kind of people that are going to put a date on the calendar. Right. Um I know that we've had historically we've had people who've asked us about the four blood moons and what does that mean and is the Lord coming back and you and I would both agree that we are closer today than we were ever before and you look at all of the stuff that is happening in history and I believe that the return of the Lord is imminent. And there's also a sense if if we just even had some like inside if you if you hung around the the Davis Mishpacha for a while we all kind of look at each other, and we're especially right now with where we're at. We look at each other in light of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Teruah, um which you know for us right now is just a little bit away. I, I think that we're we're looking and saying, even even uh, Kay just just said to us uh, today or yesterday, she said, "Well, we can make plans, but maybe we won't be here this year. <laughs> that God never misses anything on the calendar. Maybe this is the year." And not that, you know, but this, you just look historically how he fulfilled all of the other feasts in the spring.
1: Right on the day of the feast.
0: Right. Like, you have Passover, right? The lambs were being slaughtered in the temple at the very time that Jesus, the Messiah, the Paschal Lamb, was being crucified. Yeah. Um, The timing is always perfect. And so, it would not surprise me if... God took this holiday, the blowing of the shofars, the feast of trumpets, and said, "I'm coming back now." Yeah. As we get to the fall, I think this is always a time for me to think and stop and pause and say, "Where am I at? <laughs> Where yeah. am I at with the Lord?"
1: Yeah, and and that's the whole idea of it that uh, you know that trumpet is is also a warning. You know, the believers are going to be taken out of this world and and be caught up to be with the Lord. But when that happens, uh, that trumpet is going to sound the alarm for what is going to be coming upon this world at the end of the age, uh, the period that we know as the time of Jacob's trouble, uh, Jeremiah chapter 30. Um, and it's going to be a time of great tribulation. Yeshua said himself that uh, it is going to be a time of tribulation such as the world has never seen, no, nor ever will. And so, you don't want to be here. Yeah,
0: you know, and it's interesting during this time of year, um, our Jewish people, um, the the Orthodox Jewish community. We said before that this this Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets, is the beginning of the ten days of awe from the trumpets to the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, which will be the next thing we talk about. Those 10 days, it's the 10 days of awe, and this, the belief is that God has the book of life open, and depending on how we act, depending on how we behave, in these 10 days of awe is whether or not our name is written in that book of life. Well, what's wrong with that?
1: Well, What's wrong with that is that when you come to the Lord, when you trust in the Lord and what he did... Uh, in his his own sacrifice of his blood uh on the tree on the cross you become a new creation you become his and your name is written automatically then in the book of life because you trust him
0: it's eternal it's it is forever it's not (laughs) i messed up this next year uh, and yeah. so my, my name is now blotted yeah, out. Well
1: that, that's a good thing, because my name would... He'd need a big eraser for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well,
0: did you have anything else that you wanted to hit on before we wrap? Well,
1: um, let, let me just point out one more text. Uh, in Luke chapter 21, uh, he gives uh, some really valuable information uh, regarding this event and the tribulation that's to follow. He says... In verse 34, but watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day, that would be the day when he comes for his, that day of the rapture, that day comes upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Then he says in verse 36, stay awake at all times, praying That you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So, if you're going to stand before the Son of Man, where is the Son of Man? He's in heaven. And if you're going to escape all these things, you have to be standing before Him because the things that are going to be coming upon the earth are going to become, they're going to come upon all all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. There's no exceptions. If you're here, you're going to be going through it. So pray that you might escape all of these things. You know, Some people say, well, you just want to escape. Yeah, I want to escape. I'll tell you, <laughs> when I read about what's coming, uh, I definitely want to escape. And he gives us the way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's just one, one other uh, little caveat here in God's word that uh, tells us what to look forward to and tells us uh, something about this next feast that needs to be fulfilled. From there, you know, God deals with Israel and their Day of Atonement, and we'll talk about that later. So, friends,
0: uh, there is coming a day, the day of the Lord's return. The return will be uh, marked with the sounding of the trumpet, the sounding of the shofar, and it's a call to action. It's an announcement. It's a wake-up call to repent before it's too late. And even those of us who have received salvation might need to be shaken out of our complacency and pushed um, to be followers, true followers of the Messiah. So whatever your stand, it's safe to say that the blast of the shofar in Rosh Hashanah on Yom Teruah ...on this Feast of Trumpets will signal the end of the world as we know it. It'll be the beginning of the end. And then, like it says in 1 Corinthians 15, it will take but a moment, the blink of an eye, at the final shofar. The the shofar will sound, and the dead will be raised to live forever. And we, too, will be changed. So we approach this day of trumpets with godly fear and repentance. And
1: great anticipation. (laughs) That's right.
0: Hey, well, thanks again for listening. This is the Jewish Road Podcast. You can find out more at thejewishroad.com. Right there, you can find out more about our ministry, uh, where we're speaking next, uh, different podcasts, blog posts, Instagram. It's all on there. Thanks for listening. And until next time, shalom, shalom, yerushalayim.
1: Pray for the peace of Jerusalem.
0: Shalom.